The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It is the APC podcast. From AcmePackingCompany.com and SB Nation, we exist again. Happy day. We are back, back in the saddle after a uh, what felt like a pretty long summer break. So thank you guys for downloading. Thank you for joining. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the APC Pod. Um, find us on, uh, if you're new to the show, find us on iTunes, wherever your podcasts are found. Subscribe there. Give us a rating. Blah, blah, blah. All that stuff out of the way. Summer vacation. Lots of change here at the APC pod. Um, no longer the three amigos in New York. Uh, I am your host, Zach Rapport, dialing it in from Albuquerque, New Mexico, which is news that some of you uh, have heard already. My wife and I making the change from the big city over to the, the high desert, which has been awesome. Ben Foley, who is not here uh, today, funny enough, but will be back soon, now lives in Detroit behind enemy lines. Uh, with the Lions fans. He's working with the Wall Street Journal, reporting on automotive industry policy stuff that is way over my head, but which I, I've known he's been qualified to write since he was about 14, which is as long as I've known him. Alex Patakis joining us from New York. Seems like you've had an action-packed summer, man. How are you? What have you been up to? Uh, you know, I uh, just went out and got married. So hey! against the advice of uh, every married person, which is so annoying, you know, like those things that just really bug you that like you feel like people or just have to say to you when they're like, oh, you got married. Yeah, yeah, I got married. And they're like, life's over. It's just like I'm so tired of hearing it. The old ball it's and like, chain. It's, yeah, it's been great so far. You know what? I'm looking forward to it. You don't have to make those jokes like to make yourself like, I don't know, seem like you hate marriage. Yeah. Marriage has been cool. So I've been doing that. I did that. That was fun. Um I unplugged for a while. I was out of town for a good portion of time. And now I'm back in my own Brooklyn kitchen with no cat, with no friends. Everybody's <laughs> left. It's kind of sad. Drinking alone. Here. 115 degree heat wave, uh, <laughs> which I use as an excuse to why I've been drinking so much cold beer by myself at home. So You uh, you didn't quite bury the lead because marriage is big news, but you were in Greece. You have a, a family home there? What's the deal? Yeah, so my uh, my grandparents on my father's side are both from there. So they came over when they were real young, like the classic Greek immigrant story. Came over, started a few, a few diners in New York City and everything. 
uh, and they retired there. So we, we've been going, my wife, as weird as that is to say, because we don't say that in conversation a lot Get used recently. To it. Uh, my wife and I uh, had gone there every summer we'd been together to visit my grandma since, I think, since the first year we were together. So we we got married there, which was cool. Um, and weirdly way cheaper than getting married in the US. <laughs> like way more uh friendly in terms of uh pricing and everything, other than obviously the flights getting right, over there. Right, getting so. over there. I was gonna say, because it looks it looks so beautiful. I mean, humble humble brag on your part there. You're like on the water. There was like <laughs> I'm telling you, yeah, it was so in crazy. The like we we went to venues in Brooklyn that like to get in the door like with nothing included were double, I think, or at least the whole price of what everything in our wedding costs like end of day. Yeah, which is insane. Yeah, it's like you could you could be in a warehouse there, or you can be like out by the sea if your friends are willing to buy a flight. So, um, Robin and yeah, I did the same dance know. in Brooklyn, <laughs> trying to get ready for our, our wedding, um, a little over a year ago now. And, uh, yeah, you'd walk into a place I'm like, this is nice. How much does it cost to rent for half a day? And they'd be like, that'll be $13,000. It's like, like, yeah, well, okay. Uh, what does that come with? Nothing. Okay. That doesn't even include the chairs. It's like, then it's like uh, $20 <laughs> per chair. And, <laughs> Uh, if you want like a table, if if they're gonna if you're gonna need a knife with your place setting, that's gonna be like another five per night. It's like what? Come on. Yeah. So yeah, Gran- that grandpa's was, uh, gonna that have to that. eat that steak whole, bite by bite. <laughs> yeah. No Off the bone. Around. All right. Well, Packers fans are are uh, are tuning out at this point as we as we talk about wedding stuff. So we got to reel them back in with big Green Bay Packers news ahead. Of course, as we record this uh, Wednesday afternoon, July twenty fourth, the training camp for the Green Bay Packers is set to start, I believe, tomorrow, tomorrow morning. And uh, the Packers were set to head into that training camp with the requisite maximum 90 players until just mere hours ago it was announced that uh, defensive lineman, fan favorite Mike Daniels was released by the t- uh, by the team. And um, it was reported, you know, that the Packers were looking to trade him in the offseason, you know, whether the market wasn't there or if other GMs just sort of wanted to call Goody's bluff and kind of waited out, you know, we may never know, but anyway, Mike Daniels, 30 years old, toughed out some injuries recently was due to make $8 million this year. And, uh, no more. He gone. I think, uh, we were all stunned by this news, Alex. What was your first reaction? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't love it. I mean, I was stunned, uh, in a way, even though as, um, you had pointed out after there were there were a lot of people who were kind of anticipating this, even like at the beginning of the offseason. I was not one of them. Um, I guess I I don't love it from the standpoint that I don't understand at the beginning of training camp what harm it does to have Mike Daniels there. There's no type of deadline now in terms of like the league calendar that's going to like take any more out of your wallet now than it would if you cut. I mean, Okay, if he's there for training camp, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. Right? Like everyone made the comparison to Josh Sitton right away. He got cut at the 53-man roster cut, um, which is a whole other story. And I think that there was there's rumors of an altercation that happened there and yada, yada, whatever might have happened there. It's not the same because you could, I mean, releasing him at this juncture and then heading into training camp without him. We're a Kenny Clark injury away from being like, oh, shit, we're really in trouble. Like, and and... Your roster at going into camp is never like it's never going to be clean all the way from now in July to the end of August when we're heading into week one. So the timing of it is a little bit weird. It kind of just tells me like for some one reason or another, they just didn't want him around. And I don't know what that reason would be, because if if you truly didn't, if it was about saving money, which I 
I actually, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut myself off there and hit the saving money thing. Sorry. Um, I've realized more and more that I understand when you're looking at the long view and you're analyzing moves from a front office, you have to take that into consideration because they're obviously doing a job and they have to think about the finances of the team. But I've like come to realize that when I'm watching the team on Sunday, like I could give a shit about yeah. that eight and a half million dollars. Like I feel like that's the crutch that everyone goes to immediately. And I used to do that all the time. And now I realize like I watch for enjoyment. And at the end of the day, like if their cap scenario is eight million dollars different, but I don't get to see Mike Daniels be unblockable, that's not really like something that's gonna make me feel better about the move. So Saving money, I've begun to really not care at all about anymore. Um, but but yeah, you'd still I mean, understand like, how someone like Brian Gutekunst would, would want to think that way, of course. Yeah, but I guess my counter to that would be what is the worst? I mean, what's so bad about a guy playing out his contract, right? Like, I mean, I feel like in, in a lot of sports, in football in particular, we talk about a contract year being a year that a guy usually overperforms. Like he has something to prove because he's playing for that next contract, whether it's you know, in Green Bay or whether it's elsewhere. I don't understand what what harm it would have done to have Mike Daniels there. You could say, oh, you don't want to pay a guy eight and a half million dollars or, or whatever he was due. I think 10 million. Right. But they save eight and a half, something like that um, to not be an every down player. That's a big cap hit to take for a guy who's maybe now more of a package player in this new scheme with Mike Pettin. But what harm does it really do? Like, wh where are you going to reinvest at this point in the offseason that eight and a half million dollars to better your team and make it better than it would be with Mike Daniels? So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm not like overly upset about it. Um, but I just don't really get what value it brings to not have that guy on your on your roster right now. I, you know, to to counter that, I would say, you know, you mentioned Kenny Clark. I think that an extension is soon in order for Kenny Clark, and, and I think that uh, Brian Gutekunst, who uh, addressed the media today after them, I still can't get over that. We have a GM who like does a big move, and then he talks to people about it. It's pretty incredible. But he, he, he did some uh, media time today, and Kenny Clark's name came up, and he sort of, you know, parried, kind of, you know, swayed away from the question in a way that made me think that he was very interested sooner rather than later in locking up Kenny Clark. So I think that that frees up money there, as well as... Um, sort of the cap carryover. So the, you know, the cost of the Packers spending in free agency is that next year their cap is already really, really tight. And, and, and this helps them, if they still have this money uh, by the end of the season, to carry over helps them alleviate some of that. Of course, uh, you know, to your point, as a fan, you know, watching it at Tom and Jerry's, whatever, on a Sunday afternoon, I could give two craps about that. Uh, I'm sympathetic to that. But I, I don't know, just trying to play... Um, devil's advocate you know after the initial shock wore off because he's such a a beloved player one of my favorite players when you start to peel back the layers i think it all kind of it, it, it makes sense in sort of it's a thompson ball wolf kind of move where like you don't pay for pass production you try to move on a year early instead of a year late if you can help it it's the last year of his contract he had that foot injury the price tag again uh was between eight and ten uh you know Actually, perhaps not that surprising that they didn't find a, a trading partner and ultimately cut him. Just a bit, uh, just a bit sad, if I'm being honest. Yeah, and and I guess the trading part confuses me a little bit too. And I understand that there's not a ton of people who may want to line up to have him at that price, and they want to call their bluff and let him cut him, and then they can get him, you know, at a much more favorable contract. But I wonder how hard they actually tried to 
to move him because like, I mean, everything I'm reading now, like all over the world outside of Packers news, but all over like the NFL landscape is just like, oh my God, there's going to be 31 teams lining up to like get this guy into their camp right now. And it's just like, well, if that's the case, you think you can get some value in return. I'm not that concerned about the value in return because I feel like on what, you know, July 24th with a guy with the writing has basically been on the wall since they they entered free agency and spent all this money elsewhere that he's not going to return. Like, you're not going to get great value for that. So I'm not like overly concerned about that. I'm just more interested in the inner workings that we'll never know yeah. um, of the organization, how hard they actually tried to move him. Or if this is kind of like a settling where they're just like, all right, let's just do this. Or if something happened, which is also a possibility, they may just like not like his attitude. There may be, I mean, there's a lot of things that could have happened because again, it does seem like they just don't necessarily aren't thrilled about the idea of him being a part of the team in camp right now. Yeah. I don't know. In terms of there should have been teams that were interested if they, if they tried to trade him. I mean, those teams would have had to have been interested in him uh, at eight million dollars a year, or had a commitment from him that he would renegotiate, and that would be worked right. uh, into the deal. So I think that, you know, I, I think that there will be a market for him, but that market is going to be for five million dollars, not eight million dollars. I think that really, right. and so I think it was probably difficult for them to find a partner. But but like you alluded to, all those other circumstances, you know, as we like to do on this podcast, playing it down the middle. I think it's a little bit of all of that kind of coming. Uh, coming together, not not a hot take, but um, probably the case. I did want to uh, <laughs> wanted to quickly get your opinion on this because I was chatting with uh, with Justice Mosqueda a bit on, on Twitter today uh, at Jumosk on Twitter. Um, he is now proclaiming Mike Patton as the shadow head coach of the Green Bay Packers. Alex, it's, <laughs> it's well known that uh, Daniels doesn't really fit the physical profile of the guys that, that Patton is looking for, especially with all the new talent that they brought in. And uh, I think that Justice was being like maybe 10% tongue-in-cheek there. But um, do you think this move points at all to Mike Patton having like a, a little more influence than some would like? Um, you know, Potentially. I mean, I think, you know, certainly with... Um you know, it, whether it's Mike Pettin himself vocalizing something or whether it's just like Mike Pettin's system and direction on defense having that influence on personnel decisions. I mean, I definitely think it's got a lot to do with him. I was listening to uh, our, our pals over at uh, ESPN Milwaukee earlier today, too. And I think the thing that Homer in the afternoon drive show with Gabe Neitzel led the show with was like, it's got nothing to do with Matt LaFleur. Like he probably was told last second, he's like, whatever you guys want to do. And probably like, eggs. I don't know why I like picture him to be so like passive, but he does seem like a pretty chill dude. He's go see, he's probably so overwhelmed with everything that's going on right now with being asked every time about his relationship with Aaron Rodgers. Like, I don't think he had a clue or an opinion about Mike Daniels. He's like, great player. Don't want him here. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> Let me, um, I want to, I want to stop you right there because I, um, you mentioned, um, Lafleur constantly being asked about his relationship with with Aaron Rodgers, uh, etc. We get these limited availabilities for the coach, and there's so much exciting new stuff afoot with this offense and, and with the whole team because he's you know the coach of the the whole operation. Lest we forget, um, yet we have to spend the first five minutes of every press conference a asking him about his relationship with Aaron Rodgers and b asking about his foot. How's yeah. the foot doing? You're going to be on yeah. the cart. I mean, there's real stuff that I want to know about this team and and where we're at and where we're going. 
And I, I kind of don't care that he's in a walking boot right now. It's very frustrating. I think that's like the early stages of training camp where there's so many different media outlets rolling in on a national level. And they have they want to air their sound clip that like their reporter asked. Yeah. I asked Matt LaFleur about his relationship with Aaron Rodgers, like cut to soundbite. Um, that's what that is. Because right? like, you, you got to imagine that the the Jason Wildes, Tom Silverstein's, Rob Domofsky's of the world, like they're probably so sick of hearing his answer to those questions as well. It's yeah. not like they're the first people lining up to ask that question. So. Uh, hopefully that by by you know mid August that will uh, that will die down a little bit. Not sure if we're gonna do our annual Game of Thrones segment now that Game of Thrones is no more. But that's sort of our our little uh, mid off season jab at the the tropey storylines that come out. But but the Rogers Lafleur relationship status and, and everything around that is definitely would be on that on that list for me. I want to get one last pointed opinion question here. Talk about soundbite for the national media before we move on. Um, do you think that releasing Mike Daniels is a move that the Packers will regret? Oh, um, like I, I think in the short term, I would lean yes. I mean, you also, I just, man, I don't know. We get so caught up in like so many details. Like if you took a very, uh, like, macro look at this right on its surface like they just released one of their inarguably one of their top five players maybe arguably one of their top well i guess three is maybe a stretch because now Devonte adams is certainly up there and david bakhtiari to me is unquestionably number two behind aaron Rodgers. so but yeah top five player in your team was just let go so like that's that's not a great look and it's, you know, this has happened before. Josh Sitton, who still presumably had a couple of good years left. And I know that Daniels was dealing with some injuries too. But I, again, they like Dean Lowry. Kenny Clark's been great. He's got his own injury history. Like they're an injury away from Tyler Lancaster, who they may like, but on a day-to-day, -day, like, the, you know, from him playing significant reps. And those are the guys that we are sitting at Tom and Jerry's. And we're like, the Packers are losing and we're getting drunk and joking. Like, what's a Lancaster? Like, <laughs> you know, like those are those, those are guys that mean something to us, but they don't mean anything to anybody else. And they're still like developmental players that we don't, in an ideal world, you don't want on the field getting regular reps. So I think in the short term, like, yeah, they, they, they could, they could regret it. What do you think? <laughs> you know... I, I regret it. That's like, that's my, that's, <laughs> okay. that's my, like, whether or not they, you know, it's, I'm going to get too like philosophical with my answer, but it's just, like, they obviously don't think that way. That's not the way that Brian Gutekunst thinks about, um, about the operation, especially in the long, in the long term. But I, I agree with you in that, you know, a couple hours ago, the Packers released Mike Daniels, and there's no way for me not to think the Packers defense is a little worse now than it was yesterday. Yeah. Just, that's just uh, just a fact. And that sucks. Uh, you can't, I don't even think you could argue it because, again, um, he was an unblo unblockable player at times. Like, there was not really one single interior offensive lineman who could handle him by himself. And I'm going to miss the highlight reels and the cut ups of him on Twitter just absolutely shaming people. And him as a guy, like he was really fun. You know, that's the other thing. There's also an emotional attachment to this for yeah. so many of us with his love for anime and like all those cool, fun stories um, and his attitude that he brought, which 
some people say that may, may have rubbed some people in the locker room the wrong way. Yeah. Maybe that plays into it as well. But that's he certainly brought or tried to bring a nastiness that I think we were all craving. So, um, you know, when I'm looking back at the Mike Daniels Packers career, I'll thank him for that as well. Yeah, I'm not I'm not big. I don't think any of us are big on on the whole idea of of quote unquote the hashtag Packer people. But, Oof. you know, someone like mike daniels the the player and and the guy and the personality he just really for me fit the bill of like the kind of guy that i want to root for and so yeah so i'm a little sad but with that we're going to take a quick break and when we're back we will continue with uh, some off-season moves and getting into uh, a look ahead to training camp support for this show comes from sylvan learning as a parent You want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, we are back. The other big news ahead of training camp is a move that is obviously tied to the Daniels release, and that is the extension of defensive end Dean Lowry. A three-year extension worth $20 million, I believe, a team-friendly deal for a solid, versatile guy. And you just you just need those guys uh, on your team. The Packers, I think, for too long have had too many role players on defense who were effectively minuses when they were out there. And Lowry is not a minus. Do you agree, Alex? Oh, I agree. Yeah, I don't think he's a minus. Um, I think this move makes a lot of sense. It makes even more sense um, after the what happened uh, today as we record this with Mike Daniels being released. So um, it brings even more clarity to the long-term plan for, for Dean Lowry. And the Packers are really good um, at the second contract, I think. And I think what we've... Uh, we become more disgruntled with when guys don't get the third contract, which is happening a lot now. Uh, when they're in the late part of their 20s and the early part of their 30s where we feel like they still have some football left and the Packers just end up ultimately passing on that. Uh, but Dean Lowry is not one of those. He's a guy who's presumably entering the prime um, of his career. And like you said, it's a it's a pretty team-friendly deal nonetheless. So I think it's good to lock him up now because there's a good chance he's going to get even more opportunity this year. And his value, um, you know, a couple of months from now may make that contract look even more like a bargain uh, as he gets more reps and chances to prove himself. So... Um, I think it makes total sense. Yeah, Mike McCarthy also uh, used to preach availability as a top player attribute. Can can I get you to say availability in the McCarthy voice? Oh man, it's been a long time. Let's see. 
Availability. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, not bad you, for like all the weeks off and months off from, gotta, uh, from get, McCarthy. Uh, you got to channel the, uh, you know, mid sandwich burp. Uh, Is he still in Green anyway, Bay? <laughs> I think he still lives in Green Bay. Yeah, he's uh, working on his Is playbook. Is he still chilling there? Like, I wonder what he's doing. You think he took the family to the first day of training? He's going to take them like to the first day of practice? No, <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> he's just imagine? enjoying being paid see him on the bike. dollars to stay home. <laughs> Yeah, right. Mike McCarthy rides a bike with a kid on it. <laughs> or like Aaron Rodgers rides a bike with Mike McCarthy on it. It's just like, oh, you thought we weren't cool? It's hard for me to uh, to mention Mike McCarthy and for things not to devolve into hilarious jokes. But the point I'm trying to make is that uh, Dean Lowry, I think, has missed one game in, in three seasons um, on that availability tip. So, you know, he's ready to play. He's solid. And now he's got some extra coin in his pocket. So I don't know. I'm happy for him. Yeah, me too. And 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 to Mike McCarthy's point, um, that is like very valuable. And as as a Packer fan, I feel like we, I I have to feel that way more than anyone else because when you see how depleted like certain positions have been over the past few years just by injury, like yeah. remember our defensive backfield like at points last year, where it's like we're literally every week we're learning somebody's name as they make a play on the field. Um, Dean Lowry is is hopefully going to make sure that doesn't happen with our, our defensive front next season. Yeah, you don't want to be relying on, you know, Kentrell Bryce to play like a, a, a starting integral role in your defense. And I think over the past few uh, seasons, as you just said, there's been too many of those players, whether it's from, you know, just missed, uh, missed draft picks or just injuries, just haven't had enough solid players. So you you plug in guys because you you have to, and they they barely have a pulse. You put them out there, and they're <laughs> minuses, and your team just gets worse with with every substitution. So I don't know. It's a smart move. I th- I think we agree on that. Moving on, uh, finally here, training camp begins. I don't have any like epic uh, train. Uh, I guess I'll play the church music. <laughs> We're going to church. The Railbirds are going to church. Going to watch some uh, some Packers practice for the first time in a while. But training camp is set to begin again tomorrow as we record this on Wednesday night. And uh, over at the blog, <laughs> acmepackingcompany.com, the Wednesday walkthroughs feature asks the question of some of our writers, sort of what one player are you excited about watching uh, for this training camp and why. Uh, so I thought we would do that here. I could expand it to storyline. You know, what is interesting to you, uh, Alex, about what are you looking forward to uh, about this training camp? I want to start um, with mine, which is Darnell Savage. And, and I think that there's uh, two primary reasons for that. Firstly, um, as we've just been talking about, uh, you know, name dropping Kendrell Bryce and talking about injuries on defense and people dropping like flies. And I, I'm just so I'm so excited to be coming off a year where the secondary was not an unmitigated disaster. Like, was it amazing? No. Um, but there was notable improvement. New scheme. Uh, Jair Alexander was an awesome surprise. And so I'm just excited uh, to to watch the secondary and to sort of see if if the team can build off of that uh, success, but specifically with Darnell Savage, I think that there's not a whole lot that you can glean from watching training camp practices. They're uh, they're unpadded. It's it it is it is our first chance really to see some of these see some of these guys in action, and um, it's it's tough to tell. They're not wearing pads. They're not going full speed. 
maybe some of them don't know the the playbook quite yet. And of course, this year with the with the new offense, that's definitely the case. Um, but in terms of the secondary, I feel like you can actually get sort of like a feel for a few things about about corners and safeties um, with these sort of unpadded practices. You can see a little bit of their play speed. You can sort of tell how well they're picking things up. You can see if they if they stick to receivers. Um, you can see if they are, are they making plays on the ball. Um, does the does does the game seem too big for them? Does it seem like they're you know processing information too slowly? I feel like those are things that you can actually tell about the secondary in the in these practices. And so for me, Savage is, is my guy to watch. I'm really interested in the secondary and and. The, the eternal optimist in me is excited about a Packers secondary that is worth a damn for the first time in a long time. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think you're right too about just that position uh, in terms of like what you can glean. Like uh, you, you can tell even without pads, I mean, obviously tackling is a huge part of their job, but like you said, coverage, just looking fluid, not being lost in the scheme, like making good decisions, you know, not blowing coverages. Like there's a lot of value in those things too that aren't as much of the physical uh, element. Um, I'll go kind of similar and just on the opposite side of the ball. Um, the guys that uh, these defensive backs are are trying to cover. Oh, by the way, I'm shocked you didn't say Bob Tanyan having the real shot at the number <laughs> two tight end role, by the way. Um, I need a big Bob drop. have a legitimate uh, chance to be like a, a, you know, 20 to 25 play per game kind of tight end. I think um, I'm just personally issuing a moratorium for myself on being <laughs> excited about tight ends because, you know, last year, I mean, I've been burned every year of basically my entire life, like hoping for, for awesome Packers tight end play. And um, so I'm just, you know what? I'm, I'm rooting for it. I'm hoping for it. I, I, I am optimistic uh, as you said, but I'm going to, I'm going to slow play that one. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So, uh, but no, I, I'll go with the receivers um, and in particular um, MVS because I, I feel like, I mean, obviously there, it's kind of wide open right now with the group of young receivers. I, I was going to say Geronimo Allison, but I think for training camp purposes, that's not exactly exciting because he's been in so many camps, but like, I mean, there was a huge gap in terms of who that second target in this offense is. And there's a lot of opportunity. And Allison may be the second target, maybe third, depending on whether Jimmy Graham sucks again or not. Um, but if Allison's in the slot, there's a real competition for a number two receiver opposite of one of the best receivers in football in Devontae Adams, which I think in terms of like jobs you really want to land, that's a really big one, right? Yeah. Because you get a lot of single coverage. You get a lot of opportunity when Devontae's the first read and it's not there because the scheme is designed to take him away from Aaron Rodgers to then make a play one-on-one, -on -one, which is where so many guys have flourished with the Packers for so long. Like think about Greg Jennings when he was great and all of the opportunities Jordy Nelson got. And then all of a sudden everyone had to respect Jordy Nelson and double team him. And then, you know, it was like next in line constantly for that receiver who's the number two guy who then gets a number one receiver contract. Um, I feel like MVS maybe has that inside track um, to, to be that guy, but entering a second training camp and, I hate to keep going to McCarthyisms, but these things are embedded in me now. So I'm never going to not that second year leap 
um, for MVS and ESB um, as well, as I'm sure if Ben Foldy is listening to this, he's screaming uh, <laughs> somewhere that he's the guy I should be talking about. But um, that second year leap, I think, could be huge. And that opportunity there in a new scheme with a great quarterback um, and a great receiver to learn from and Devontae Adams opposite of you is just such a great opportunity. So I'm really excited to see how that pans out um, over you know the next month or so. And if we're sitting there, you know, on August 24th, thinking like, man, I can't wait for week one because I really feel like these guys are going to shine. So uh, I'm pretty pumped up about that. Yeah, I have to agree with that. I'm going to do uh, one more because uh, Ben's not here. I'm actually going to pull from uh, from Chris Burke, one of the writers at, at APC, uh, who in the Wednesday walkthrough uh, listed Zadaria Smith as his guy to watch. Um, firstly, uh, he starts his paragraph with "It's the dawning of the age of Zedarius," which I don't remember if when they signed him, if 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 we caught on that we were going to be able to continue, sort of the oh, the that Arius totally theme. Happened. Did it happen? Yeah. yeah, and a lot of people on Twitter, a lot of listeners on Twitter pointed it out too. So I feel like it was hard for us not to go there. Although I don't know if we ever got to mention it um, on the actual show, gotcha. given just like the scramble that was people moving across the country. We must not have, because I have stuff. taken it off my soundboard. So I'll have to, I'll have to put it back on, but I wanted to, uh, to give, you thought it was finished, I thought, but yeah. it is not just, so what's on the, can I just ask, sorry, what's on the soundboard? Cause I love that you repurposed the Jeff Janis sounder into the training camp excitement <laughs> sounder, which actually is really fitting. If you think about Jeff Janis, that one's just career. labeled church. So anytime <laughs> we are looking for like divine intervention, um, or, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, plays a season on one leg. Um, that's, that's the sounder <laughs> we use. Uh, what else is on here? So we've got our, okay, we've got our theme song. We've got, um, that Show little soundboard inventory. Uh-huh. Great listen. We've got the, uh, the interview open, uh, segment, which is like the little intro yeah. to the interview, depending on what the other person's theme music a is. Timeless There's a bunch piece. of different, uh, Rogers. I have the New York Bozo. You're the only New York Bozo left. Uh, so, oh, so that's just that's just me now. New York that's, Bozo! that's you. Whenever I say something stupid or make that mistake, I am that New York Bozo. Or when I speak in general, maybe, um, depending on your opinion. But or when you yeah. do something stupid, there's also this one. <laughs> oh man, so good. I really hope we don't see that Aaron Rodgers anymore. He's just so irritable. But uh, man, it was kind of fun for a little while. I also, for some reason, have the Game of Thrones theme on here from, I guess, from when we were doing yeah, Game, Game of, of Thrones, Thrones but right? um, the one sound drop, which I'm not sure I've ever gotten to play, uh, is uh, is this one, Wow, okay. <laughs> which is <laughs> which is uh, Owen Wilson in uh, in the Royal Tenenbaums talking about uh, Wildcat, um, his book, and I think we put it on there like was when when Cobb like was on the Cobb. team and we were talking about like wildcat formation and stuff and we never got to use it. So um, what were we talking about? Oh, yes. Zadaria Smith. I want to get us back on top. Oh, sorry. Top. Yeah, I didn't mean to totally drift away from. Was it Chris who had Zadarius? you said? It was Chris. But the, I, okay. I didn't want to talk about Zadaria Smith uh, specifically, but it sort of gave me the idea of um, just in general, one of the other things that you can glean from these practices um, on the defense is formations. Um, you know, how does the defense line up? Who lines up where? And what can that tell us about how they're planning on on using uh, some of their talent, some of which is newly required, uh, newly acquired, um, some new draft picks. They have a lot of pieces there. Obviously, they're without Mike Daniels, so there's even more 
question marks now. Uh, so I'm really curious to see. I think that that is actually valuable information. Yeah. And, and I think, I mean, I guess you could say the same about the offense, right? I mean, I, that's in terms of things that's to be true. excited about. It's that's just true. something something new, right? Just like it'll look a little different because, you know, I think for many of us, for pretty much any Packer fan, you kind of just kind of, you know, you knew how they'd line up. Sometimes you could even guess what plays they're running just based on formation, which I mean, defenses could op- do too. Opposing players could do it. They were calling it out and we're sitting at the bar being like, not this play. And you could just yeah. see it happening. It's very frustrating. Yeah, I'm excited so, like, for that. So like everything will be kind of a surprise to us now, which will be kind of fun. Like I'm excited to just see what that looks like um, with with LaFleur in, in charge as the uh <laughs> as the puppet to to Mike Petton apparently just, <laughs> just stay in your offensive meetings. Oh yeah, the other sound drop that I have on here is a uh, is LaFleur. This is our LaFleur ah, theme right. music. <laughs> so lovely. That is his theme music. I love it. <laughs> Hashtag so handsome much, boy. So much more elegant than uh whatever Mike McCarthy's theme would have been. I don't even think we had a theme for him, but No. He's probably probably be some like eighties like big arena butt rock band or something. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> what kind of music do you think he likes? That? I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. It's Boston. Boston journey. <laughs> Man. I just want to hang out with him. I don't even want to like I just want a relationship with him outside of the foot, the, the coach of the football team I'm a fan of. He's well, such a cool dude. Go up to Green Bay. He's there. He's not doing anything. He's just collecting a paycheck. <laughs> yeah. They're paying him for this season. I think that's how that works. It can't be that hard to find him there. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like he fits in pretty well. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> wow. Nice. <laughs> oh, he's just, yeah, I don't, you know, I'm just saying. He's a, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. Okay. He's a white man of a certain age who is not slender. Hey, I'm from Wisconsin. Come on, I can say these things. Yeah, you're you're allowed. Maybe not. You're I don't know. I think that's a <laughs> I think that's a podcast unless you have anything else to, that you want to add. No. Um I'm I just want to add that I'm looking forward to getting our uh, our reading from Jamie. Um, yes, yes, lots to look forward to here in the As I know weeks. that uh, many other uh fans of the show are cuz I opened my Twitter today uh after i started getting those notifications um and also i'm excited to spend a season again just interacting with with people around the show um as i just feel like i've been totally tuned out which is you kind do of that nice. every off and then yeah but then it's like nice that you just kind of like miss the community that builds yeah uh around it so i'm excited to kind of get back into that and enjoy this ride together and it no matter what happens like even if they're not great it's going to be so fun because it's going to be so new, you know? I just, like, I love new beginnings. That, wherever, that to me, is so thrilling. Wherever so. we go, we're going to get there together. <laughs> together as right. a community. And you can follow I wasn't Alex. trying to put, like, this, like, super feel-good bow on it. But I just, I have a renewed enthusiasm for watching the team. Like, I don't have any of that stuff I would carry with me week to week. That dread of, like, oh, I know how this is going to end. Yep. You've um, checked your baggage at the door and you're ready for some some new stuff. Yeah. Impress me, Matt. Let's go. You can follow Alex at Alex Vitakis on Twitter. I am at Zach Rapport at Ben Foldy, who again is not here, but will be joining us again soon. Hopefully maybe next week. I don't know. We're not going to go uh, every week just quite yet, but we will be <laughs> soon. Can't commit to that yet. You guys um, at the APC pod on Twitter, send us an email. If you so prefer the APC podcast at gmail.com. As I mentioned earlier, as of this recording, the Packers roster is at 89 because they released 
uh, Mike Daniels. So with training camp starting tomorrow, I would look for them to, uh, to bring in another body here in the next few hours, uh, if not by the time you listen to that. Um, listen to this, rather. Um, and thank you for, for listening to the APC podcast here at acmepackingcompany.com. Uh, let's get some football action out on the field. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys real soon. Bye-bye. See ya.